0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Welcome into the Barred I'm Matt Workman. Joined as always by Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today?
2: uh hanging in there man ready for uh for the work week to begin
1: yes and i want to jump right into it and i want to talk about something that i don't know if you saw this happen but it's it has to do with your people okay
2: oh my people okay go on
1: so i saw a friend friend of the show uh brad brown at Zoocat on twitter made a, a comment sent out a tweet saying how the former Baylor players who are currently in the NFL are doing quite, quite well for themselves early on, you know, first, first preseason game and all that stuff. Yeah, they, they, were, uh, they, they did a
2: few good things,
1: for sure. And then some, um, another fan base jumped in his Minchies and wanted to let him know that too bad that the, uh, the best coaches or something about the recruiting staff that brought all those people to Baylor are now at Texas Tech.
2: Yeah, I thought that was hilarious.
1: So, why do do they do that? I'm just curious.
2: I mean, just last week, I I attributed the creation of their university to one of our presidents. So, I don't know. I don't see how much different. It's just a way to to poke fun at everybody.
1: I don't know. I'm kind of... They're wearing thin on me on, on Twitter. Not all of them. It's a certain subset of their fan base it feels like their current head coach um is the reason for all the baylor success during his tenure there
2: they are excited i will let them be excited i've i've experienced much worse going through the uh the post bryles era on twitter uh, True. hardened me against what is mostly playful banter that occurs now with Iowa state, Texas tech, that group. Now, sometimes everybody takes it over the line. I've seen Baylor people take it over the line too, but yeah, I mean, overall stuff like that doesn't bother me at all.
1: I would say this, um, what you tweeted, you know, that's just a fact, you know, well, um, to be fair,
2: Pat Neff did found Texas Tech, and Pat Neff was uh, a notable president of Baylor University, but he did found Tech before he was the president of Baylor.
1: True. He was governor.
2: He was governor of Texas at that time. Correct.
1: Yes. Um, I guess my... One fact about like...
2: Pat Neff, yeah. I, uh, I dated a girl at Baylor who was like a three-time Baylor legacy. So her grandfather was at Baylor like way, way back when. And he told me a story that Pat Neff got fired and I've never been able to validate this. I've never really like gone and looked this up, but he told me Pat Neff got fired because he wanted to have Harry Truman come on campus and speak. And uh, the Regents or the Southern Baptist Convention or whoever said no, because Harry Truman openly talks about drinking and gambling. So that wasn't suitable to be on Baylor's campus. And Pat Neff said he's the president of the United States. He can come on campus if he wants to. So they fired him for that. So Pat Neff, kind of a real one. I don't know anything else about him. So, I mean, he probably did some pretty bad stuff just knowing that era. But
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Cool way to get fired. If you're going to get fired. That's yeah, way do to it because
2: Mike. you're trying to get Harry Truman to, to come on campus. Yeah. This
1: week. yeah, for sure. So I wanted to also talk about the, the uh, coaches poll came out last Monday, I believe. And um, the Baylor Bears were on that coaches poll. Did you get a chance to look at it? Do you know where the Bears were uh, ranked?
2: Yes, Baylor at number 10.
1: So it was interesting because it was like Oklahoma 9, Baylor 10, Oklahoma State 11, I believe. Just like 9, 10, 11.
2: Yes, that's where the, so, the, the top end of the Big 12 landed was straight up 9, 10, 11.
1: So that just tells me like the whoever – I don't know who actually votes for these. It's a coaches poll, but I don't know if it's an intern or some staffer or some graduate. A lot of the time, graduate. it's an
2: SID that will do it.
1: I mean, maybe in season. but this is a preseason coach's poll, mm-hmm. I mean – it's probably the equipment manager. At it's, this
2: point. it's somebody like it could, it could very well be some of the coaches as well.
1: True. So a couple of things about the poll, we talked about the, uh, the 1911 that just tells me that they just don't know what to think of uh, the top of the big 12. Really could be any of these teams. Cause there's just, you know, they're all like sequentially there. Um, the other thing, you had Texas at 18, which is the, other current Big 12 member who is on the coaches poll uh, notably of Houston at 25 and Cincinnati at 22 and I believe that is it as far as the future and current Big 12 members in the poll and no I mean Utah's uh, at number 8 Utah talk about a fan base that needs to get a grip anyway Um, so Another thing, or before I get into that, what is your thoughts on uh, the Big 12 teams ranked and future Big 12 teams and where they're slotted in this particular poll?
2: And I have no idea. I hate preseason polls. They're fun. Don't get me wrong. Like As a fan, I like them, but I'm never going to be able to analyze them. They're going to be so wrong by the end of the year. Sir. You know, NC State's at 13. Great. That could be one of those teams that just completely falls apart and it goes seven and six you know, like who knows what USC is going to be under Lincoln Riley in year one, Texas is 18. They got it. You know, we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about it. they got a first place yeah, vote. Yeah, they're not um, like, yeah. But I mean, let's be honest, like, and we're going to talk about them a little later. Like you could tell me that Texas finishes higher than that. You could tell me that they finished lower. Um, sure. Cincinnati's at 22, largely because they made the playoff last year. They lost Desmond Ritter. They lost their best defensive player. Um, I think Luke Fickle's a good coach, but who knows? They replace a lot at Cincinnati, but they're at 22 because, hey, we got to vote for them. They were in the playoff last year. Um, Notre Dame plays Ohio State at the beginning of the season. You know, right. So that's that's five versus number two right there. So one of those two teams is going to plummet in the rankings, basically, because they're going to one of them is going to lose an early game. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, like nine 10, eleven, That probably seems about right. Oklahoma State, I think I'll, I'll be interested to see how their defense recovers from losing Jim Knowles. Um, Oklahoma, we, I just I couldn't tell you. I don't know anything about Oklahoma. Like we're, we guessed last week on what we thought they would do. I, I think they'll great. win ten well, I, games.
1: I, I feel great after what happened uh, this week about my <laughs> predictions. I'm, I got um, off the the uh, podcast, and I think it, that came out like right when we wrapped recording.
2: Yeah, it came out probably twenty minutes after we finished. Because it was recording. like
1: eleven p.m. I think when it, went, whenever that they released everything, and I was like, oh, I feel great about what I just said. I mean, my eight and four looks looking pretty good right now. My prediction,
2: but who knows? Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know. Uh, Baylor has, uh, and I, I I'll get skewered for this, but I I don't know. Like everybody thinks Baylor is going to be really good again. We played a lot. We played. Every hard game on our schedule on the road. Who knows what Baylor's going to be? Um, but also, I think it's who, really hard cool to be in are... the top ten, though. Right, I'll tell you, you know that. What much. The hard
1: games are going to be, though. I mean, we think that we think they're the hard games, but we really don't know what teams are going to be the hard teams.
2: Okay, at That's home we've got. <laughs> we'll get into this like next week or whatever, but just real quick, at home this is what you've got: you've got Albany, Texas State, Kansas. Like, that's half of your home slate right Kansas, there on the
1: on the come up, Kansas. On the yeah, okay,
2: whatever. <laughs> Kansas is not going to be on the come up this year. It
1: was anyway. Oklahoma State, right?
2: Yeah, Oklahoma State. I think is probably your strongest right there at eleven, but um, they didn't they didn't really lose a whole lot. They've still got the heart and soul of their team, um, and they they lost their defensive coordinator, but Oklahoma State was one foot away from the college football playoff last year so they could be even better than 11 they might be the class of the big 12 this year um who knows but i there's no science to preseason polls they're so wrong um by the time you look at at the end of the year that's my cynical view at it uh, of it as a fan it's awesome and i think it's really cool that we're sitting right there 9 10 11 i wish we were a little bit higher to get the big 12 some more respect but any year that Baylor has enough respect to start as a top 10 team, I'll absolutely take that. Um, and I'm stoked to see us in the top 10 and, and get that continued respect because what that shows me is that our coaching staff and the guys that we have that are still here are that respected that replacing your quarterback, most of your entire offense and a good portion of your defense to the NFL um that coaches are out there and think, you know what? Hey, Baylor's going to be able to reload and come back again. So I, I think it's really cool, but it's definitely not a perfect science.
1: So the what I I thought it was interesting their top ten uh, because I I figured most of these things that I've seen that have come out have been like anywhere from like twelve to like twenty in the twenties as far as preseason for Baylor. Um, so. It's interesting to see uh, how this, if at all, um, affects the AP poll, which comes out tomorrow and I think noon or somewhere around there and how like the writers actually are going to view Baylor as a preseason poll and say what you will about preseason polls. They are meaningless. However, uh, we do like to talk about things on the podcast and it gives us things to talk about. So well, and they and that. they do
2: matter. They're, this is the here's the difference is, yes, they're they're. They're dumb, but they very much matter because that number still matters in week one. So if Ohio or if Notre Dame goes out and beats Ohio State early on, they play them, uh, I think, in like week three, if they come out and beat Ohio State, then you've beaten the number two team in the country. You can ride that for the rest of the year, no matter what Ohio State does. If Ohio State falls apart. Loses three or four games, it doesn't matter because Notre Dame beat them when there was a two in front of them, so they get that respect there, and nobody ever votes you down. So they and matter.
1: It also matters because, like, like you were talking about, the I think the AP poll is more of a you know that's what everyone goes by until there's a College Football Playoff poll, which is like towards the end of the season or not, I think it's more than halfway through the season. Right, the AP is out.
2: is the number that you'll see television yeah. put beside you
1: at a game. And so, like, in the coaches' poll, we had, I think, Brigham Young was one of the first teams, or BYU, getting um, – Yeah, they would have been boats.
2: the 29th-ranked team in the country.
1: So, if they if they make it into the AP top 25, or they're in the, the similar position in the, in the AP, and then they have a good first week showing and make it into the top 25, you know, Baylor plays – BYU week two. So that's a big, that's a top 25 matchup potentially uh-huh. if that were to happen. So that, that does matter. And it also, I think the AP kind of frames the for all playoff and where the starting point is. Yeah. So Baylor being at 10 and if you can go through and have a relatively good season before that first CFP poll comes out, you position yourself to be one of the top part of, you know, the top quarter of those teams.
2: Absolutely. It is, it is so much easier when you start high than if you're not in the rankings, if you're a team like North Carolina, for example, they'd be like the 31st or 32nd ranked team in the country right now, but they're unranked. They're, they're receiving votes, but because they're outside of that top 25, if they lose a game early on, that pushes them down even further. So they have to work even harder to work their way up those rankings. Whereas if you're number 10 and you drop something early, like at BYU, you're not going to fall out of the rankings for that. You're going to drop down to 18 and then you have to work your way back up from there, but it's so much better than being unranked.
1: For sure. And while this is a ridiculous poll or, you know, it's meaningless, it's preseason. No one really knows what these teams are about. What's even more ridiculous is that you mentioned earlier that the University of Texas receiving a first place vote in this particular poll.
2: I have a personal theory on this one.
1: I do as well. It's not my theory, but it's one I um, subscribe to.
2: Gotcha. So let's I, I, I want to hear
1: your theory. Your I theory
2: am, this about? is this was a question that was on uh, the weekly mailbag on our Daily Bears. This is this was my theory was that the vote came from Nick Saban. And the reasoning for that is because Saban wants Texas ranked as high as possible because they play Texas in week two.
1: So that's, that's what I heard as well. Um, I, it, not from y'all, but I, someone else put it on Twitter that, you know, just so they can point to it and say like, see, someone thinks they're better than you.
2: Yeah. Well, you see, I, I thought about it in a different angle. So that's, a, that's an interesting angle. It's the, that's the creating bulletin board material. I was looking yeah. at it from, it bolsters Alabama's resume.
1: Yeah, I can see it. I, th- so this is the theory I heard. It still was Nick Saban, but it was like he voted them number one to do his Nick Saban things and say someone out there thinks Texas is better than you. They, they gave him a first place vote. And- yeah, see,
2: I think it could be both of those right there. So you guarantee because you get more points for that first place vote so that that pushes Texas up. Texas is number 18 in the country. They had 383 points. That's only two points higher than 19, only 14 points higher than 20, um, not even 30 points better than 31, 50 points better than 22. So uh, that first plate vote alone kept them above the top 20. And like if they would have been ranked say 25 or something, they could have dropped all the way down to 22 or 23 in the rankings. So you're boosting the ranking that they're at. And you have the angle of the bulletin board material. It's, I think it's a Saban move and I think it's a genius.
1: Yeah. I was, I'm looking at the list of voters and I was trying to think if it's not Saban, who else is it? And I guess you could say Jeff trailer, UTSA. They also play Texas preseason. Um, And he's a former staffer at the University of Texas. But then I also thought about like, you know, like Jimbo Fisher just for I don't know why he would. But just to be like, just to see someone's trolling somebody in my estimation. If it's not saving, it's a joke to someone else. Yeah, I I can't get myself to like a legitimate person said. The only other scenario
2: that would make sense is if, like you said, it's an intern an SID an equipment, whoever it is that some coach assigned their vote to.
1: And just filling it out. But remember, say, Texas that person is
2: like a Texas grad.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, but like we said, the AP poll comes out tomorrow. So we'll get more of an idea of how the narrative is going to be shaped to begin, at least to begin the season as far as the teams and I, I don't expect to see texas getting a first place ap vote i think you're probably going to get it's going to be you know alabama well, brett
2: mcmurphy showed his ap um yes yeah,
1: and, and the interesting
2: had, thing was he had i think it was miami at 4 so he had a he had a really weird um a really weird one
1: i saw his but i just went i just looked for baylor i didn't really look for yeah, that yeah. the
2: thing that threw me off the most about him was he had Miami very high whereas in the coaches poll Miami's at 17. Which I think um, he had I, I think he had Baylor nine. at 8, 8 or 9.
1: Yes, and then uh, Oklahoma underneath him, I believe. Like it was kind of reverse of this. Or in a different order, but kind of the same teams in the same spots, but
2: Correct. Uh, but yeah, he but had Baylor Miami high. very high. So I'll be interested to see if he's just an outlier there or if that's a trend in the AP that everybody loves Miami.
1: Yeah, see like I don't personally because it's a transit I mean, I just think it's a it's a transitional year going from where they were and who their coach was, Manny Diaz last year, to a completely different staff, completely different coaches. I think they'll be a very a good team, uh, but I don't know if they'll be top four. Mm-hmm. In my estimation. But who knows? Um so I wanted to talk about, before we jump into our, our preview of Texas, did um, we have week two of fall camp uh, that's continuing on? Um, anything that you were made aware of or that you're looking at that has kind of piqued your interest uh, headed into week two?
2: I week have two. seen pictures, and that's about it. Um, there, there was a great tweet of the the many faces of Dave Aranda Uh, last week and it was from their night practice. Um, No, I mean, I haven't heard anything bad come out. uh, And that's, that's where I'm at right now is I think I'm, I'm just kind of waiting till that first weekend of September to actually see the team out on the field and holding my breath week over week, making sure that I don't hear any um, major injury news coming out. Um, The one big note that I did see was what we talked about uh, last week is that star position um, is going to be, um, uh, sorry. What is it? Al Walcott's going to be starting in that star position, replacing Jalen P- Petrie. Um, and Snacks will be moving out to corner. So that was the big news I did hear this week.
1: Yeah. So, and I think Dave Aranda they they had like a, a scrimmage on Saturday, and he had like a random met with the media, and he mentioned that yeah, Walcott has moved to the star, but he's out because he has like a, a minor wrist injury, but he'll be back this week he said next week so this coming week i'm assuming and then yeah he talked about snacks being more of a cornerback with his skill set and so i think we kind of discussed that and then the only other thing so that's the only injury thing is that that i've heard is that of um wolcott having some kind of minor wrist injury but nothing nothing major other than i do believe there may be a little lineman who's out going to be out the first part of the season i think Khalil keith maybe is going to miss some time due to surgery over the off-season surgery um but yeah other than that everything that i've i've seen or read or heard from the media thing media um sessions that they do is i thought it was very interesting what how Presley said about like shaping how it's a different catching the ball from him and he can make um, it's a, he said it's a beautiful thing and then how he throws the balls at different angles. And, and, uh, um, and that's just more like the baseball side of shaping coming out when he's doing that.
2: Yeah. He's definitely uh, going to be more of a gunslinger type than we've seen in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah. I saw one video where he threw it, I think he threw it into like double coverage and uh fleek's, Somehow, Josh Fleek somehow got their reception. So we'll see how that. I mean, so yeah. So that, that- that's
2: going to be a contrast that I think we're going to have to get used to this year. Gary Gary protected the ball last year. Sometimes we talked about to a fault. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't like to take chances. But we always lived to fight another day. It sometimes would stagnate the offense, but you weren't turning the ball over. I think that's going to be a key difference between him and Shapen this year where Shapen's going to throw it into coverage more. He's going to take more risks than Gary ever did. Now that's going to result in some bigger plays and some faster scoring and maybe more points per game or something like that. But it also means that we're probably going to turn the ball over more than we did last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to – I think that's just the nature of throwing it more. Just statistically, you're going to probably have more interceptions. Yeah, well, what? No way, Matt. So there's this is part of it. And, and I'm of the mindset that I'll, I'll take that. You know, it's high risk, high reward type of thing. So I think, yes, you may have more interceptions, but I think you're also going to have more like 50-yard touchdowns. So we'll have to see how all that uh, shakes out.
2: Oh, and we're so close to finding out.
1: Yes. We have basically – this next Saturday is our last no college football Saturday.
2: Yes, and then we get what well, in week zero. The big matchups. What is it? Northwestern, Nebraska, and Ireland.
1: Yes, and um, I'm a sicko, and I actually bet money on that game. I'm going in with the uh, with the Huskers.
2: I think I think that's a smart play with your money.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and. So the that's the big game. I think there's there's a lot of good. I think are entertaining can be entertaining matchups. So, but I think that's the big game that one of the. I think there's a few games in Ireland. I think doesn't Notre Dame have one as well? They usually play like one game a year in Ireland. Um, I don't know. Do they this year? I'm not sure. Let's
2: see. We have in week. So next weekend, yeah, we have Austin P. Western Kentucky. We have the Nebraska-Northwestern game. You've got Idaho State, UNLV, UConn, Utah State, Illinois versus Wyoming, uh, Duquesne and Florida State, Charlotte and FAU, Florida A&M and North Carolina, North Texas and UTEP, and Vandy in Hawaii, all in week zero.
1: Sign me up. I'm there.
2: Yeah. We will have football starting at 11 a.m., running until 9 30 p.m for our last kickoff
1: yeah so it's gonna be you know officially starts on the 27th so we're super so the next time we record will be like a week of the game so mm-hmm. we'll have um a lot to look and forward it, to i have
2: good news for you matt it actually yeah. officially starts friday friday the 26th awesome nevada versus it's new better. mexico state
1: yeah, you know, it's always – I'm always, like, there for that first game. I don't care who's playing.
2: Yep. Now, currently, the time and network is TBD.
1: Well – According we to
2: ESPN's college football scoreboard.
1: So, I think the best website is lsufootball.net. that is uh, the best
2: website yes it is
1: for scheduling so let me see what they got i don't even think they have it listed on the 26th They don't even have it listed the first one they got is the saturday 27th you said it was um see espn
2: has this listed as this is weird man so they they, still have it
1: okay so yeah they have it listed as tba as far as they have it a saturday but yeah TVA. so
2: espn if you go to their college football scoreboard it has its, it says it's friday august 26th but if you click on the game cast for the game it says 827 so this is weird We do we have a game on
1: friday night or not so this says so LSUFootball.net says it's actually going to be on flow t- video which i guess is some type of streaming platform
2: uh flow tv yeah didn't i think we had a uh baylor basketball game on that
1: last year so they have it listed as it's on flow video flow tv um at uh undetermined time so
2: i'm gonna go to new mexico state's website <laughs> Ooh, excuse me they have it yeah. they, okay so their website it just says tba for um the time of the game but it is it does have it listed for saturday
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Weird. So we'll, what are you we'll, doing? Be, we'll be uh, uh, surprised on Saturday because uh, it'll be on somewhere at some time.
2: Thrilling so content.
1: For all the people that you want to really, you know, itching to see that Nevada-New Mexico State game. There you go.
2: I, I, it's me. I'm people.
1: Okay. All right. So – we've been going through our reviews and we've kind of come down to the end of the non Baylor teams. And this one is one of everyone's favorites, um, the university of Texas. And so I wanted to, before we get into like what we thought, uh, did you hear the, have you heard the reports or seen the reports of what's coming out of uh, Texas camp today?
2: I have, but first we have to disclaimer.
1: Okay, yeah, we're going to do a disclaimer. For everyone out there, I grew up a University of Texas fan.
2: The whole thing. So... As you asked me last week, have you repented? Yeah.
1: Yes, I have, and I I relish in their misfortunes. And and a lot of it comes from, like, a lot of my friends, or all my friends that I grew up with, went to school with, they're all still Longhorn fans. Um, So... It's very fun to beat them or to take pleasure in their five and seven seasons, which, I mean, let's be honest, happen often. So, so yeah, that's where I'm at. Although, that being said, I do kind of still have a soft spot for, for Texas because it's kind of the thing like when they're on, you know, I kind of put the Texas game on, you know, and I just think – yeah so there it is uh no, i mean i, I feel what still... you're
2: saying This same thing ha- like i i i love watching oklahoma lose now but at the same time like if i have to choose between three games and oklahoma's playing like i'll put it yeah. on
1: so, yeah so now so yeah so with take with, with all i'm gonna say with a grain of salt because it may be tinged with uh nostalgia
2: okay so before we get into the news for today I want to hear what Vegas thinks, because this number that you're that you'll have from Vegas will have been pre the injury news that came out. Specific.
1: Yeah. So I think the number I just saw now that was I, I looked it up on Vegas Insider was eight and a half. I think I saw it. I actually put and made another bet for I saw Texas at nine. On Caesars, and I uh, took the under on that one all day but so i'm gonna go with what vegas insider said for our purposes we're gonna go with eight and a half
2: okay no i i'm uh, am i am i to assume that that has been updated since the injury news today
1: uh i don't think that was updated let me go back to the, the vegas insider webpage because i i don't think they update often
2: so while you look that up i'll tell if if you have not heard uh the report came from jeff ketchum today um, in fall practice, uh, there were three injuries to major Texas players, two of which are, uh, reportedly season ending those two to Isaiah Nayor, who was a wide receiver that transferred from Wyoming this year and was expected to be their number two, um, starting wide receiver to spell Xavier worthy a little bit, take some pressure off of him. Um, Nayor had like 12 touchdowns last year at Wyoming. They had really big thoughts for him this year. Uh, because the rest of that wide receiver room is very young. Um, And then the other major news is senior offensive guard junior Engelau. Um, He will also reportedly miss the entire season, and that is a huge hit because one of the weakest parts of Texas's team is their offensive line. And again, that's a room where they've got recruits coming in, but those guys aren't seasoned and ready to play yet, or they're not even on the team yet because they're coming next year. Um, And Engelau had, uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but um, he is also the most experienced um, player on the Texas offensive line. He had 34 starts, um, and that's going to be really, really tough to replace. Uh, and then yeah. less impactful news, but still important, was backup running back Roshan Johnson, um, who gets plenty of playing time and spells Bijan Robinson, who I think is you know one of the top three backs in the country probably coming into this season. Um, Roshan being his backup is another explosive player. Um, had an injury, but Jeff Ketchum is also reporting that it is not as serious, and um, if I remember right, he said, quote, expect him to be out a month-ish. So I think the big news there is that means they wouldn't have their backup running back, probably for the Alabama game.
1: Yeah, and I think, I mean, the biggest thing are the two ACL potentially season-ending injuries. Just because, like you said, the offensive line injury, he's their probably best offensive lineman and, like you said, most experienced for sure. And they don't have a lot of experience behind him. I mean, it's they're a very young group. So, I was reading uh, people's, you know, take on the whole thing. And so, what they may be looking at is you may see, like, freshmen starting on the offensive line. Mm-hmm with uh, alabama coming in week two which uh ain't great
2: yeah it's uh there are there are not many other players that texas fans wanted to see or would would, would want to see less than these two there these two yeah. guys are at the very bare minimum starter level players that you expected to produce for you throughout That's the true. season
1: like i mean at Definitely the offensive lineman. Like he's definitely starting offensive lineman.
2: Yeah, you expected to get him to get pretty much every rep of every, you know, real game time snap. That's not garbage time. You expected that. You've just lost that expectation. Yeah. And, and from the wide receiver standpoint, I mean, everybody's going to be doing everything receiver. they can to stop Xavier Worthy. This was the guy that you expected to come in yeah. and force teams to not be able to throw everything at Xavier Worthy. Where is that going to come from now? So that's just some big question marks that are popping up for this Texas offense already.
1: Yeah. And Nayer was highly sought after transfer out of Wyoming.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Baylor made a run at it, run at him as well. Um, I believe
2: his touchdown, like he had, I want to say he had 44 catches for 800 something yards. I was reading about him earlier for 12 touchdowns. So if, if I'm right on that with the 44, that would be, he catches a touchdown um, one, every four passes that's thrown is a touchdown for him.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge loss just because of what you said. Now, you really don't have to. It makes, it makes
2: makes double covering, triple covering, smothering Xavier worthy that much easier to do because again, like Texas has guys coming in. They're just not there yet. I mean, maybe they'll perform. Who knows? But this is where a guy like Armani Winfield, uh, who's at Baylor, and was originally committed to Texas, but flipped for Baylor on signing day. This is where a guy like Armani Winfield would have come in handy for them.
1: Yeah. And he, cause and I don't know if they have a player. I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm, I'm just don't keep up with it as much as I do Baylor, of course, but all reports out of Baylor camp is like Armani Winfield's like already there with like running routes. He's already there. Like he's a complete receiver and he's one of the ones who are battling for an outside receiver spot coming in as a, as a true freshman. And Just like you said, Texas has a bunch of talent, but they're not developed. And I don't know if they have the type of player like Winfield who's even coming in a little bit more further along than than other players Mm -hmm. at that position.
2: So, yeah, it's 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 definitely an interesting year now that might bode well for Texas in the future, getting to play young guys now and with the recruiting that they've got coming in. Two three years from now, that might benefit Texas, but maybe not this year. So Matt, we've got we'll take that eight and a half, the more the more conservative one.
1: I will say that that eight and a half that was this article, this post was updated uh, today at two seventeen p.m. So I'm not sure. They probably would
2: have had that news. I I would assume a Vegas. Yeah, I would have especially if you had seen it at nine earlier, I think a half game drop is probably right for, for this just in the knee jerk reaction sense. So at eight and a half.
1: Yeah. Eight and a half.
2: What are you taking?
1: uh, Well, I think I'm definitely taking the, the under on that for sure, but maybe just by a little bit, we'll have to see like before then I would probably would have leaned towards maybe nine and three. You know, maybe it's maybe like one game less. However, let's look. Do you have their schedule pulled up yet? I do. Yeah. All right, let's go. Through. My thing,
2: and I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm going to take the under with you, and it's because Texas is Texas is so weird because I think they have the talent, and I think Sark's a pretty good coach. Um, I think they're going to have a really good offense, and they've got athleticism all over the field, or they should. They should. Um, they got rid of a lot of the, you know, they cut the fat to say, um, last year, I think they dealt with a lot of their internal stuff and got rid of the kids that were, you know, maybe not as focused on bringing Texas football back to what they expect Texas football to be as they should have been. Um, at least that's what we're hearing, right? That's what Texas fans think. That's what Texas writers are telling us, but we know oftentimes those groups tell themselves things, but I'll buy it. Like Texas has talent you kind of wait for them to jump out it's why they're ranked at the beginning of the year every year it's always their year but i think it would be easier to convince me that this team wins 6 7 or 8 games than it is to convince me that this team would win 9 10 or 11 games so i'm going to take the under that's the that's my that's where my reasoning goes even before looking at the schedule i think if you just came to me and said would you rather put your money on 7 or 8 or 9 or 9 or 10 i would pick 7 or 8
1: yeah and that's that's where I was at too because I would because I mean coming from five and seven, I think you're gonna get some improvement for sure, but I do think that the big question mark is was their offensive line and their defense and I don't know if they addressed those enough or people coming in to make them markedly better to to warrant like a nine ten win season you know compete for the the uh, conference title or whatever the case may be and so they're, they're i think they're in the group of people who can contend but they're not the bottom of that grouping i wouldn't put them up there with oklahoma state uh baylor and oklahoma as as low as i am in oklahoma i still would have put them a little bit under them texas would have been under oklahoma
2: and i agree with that and if we just straight up look at the rankings right it for yeah. for the to 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 win your under they just got to they got to lose four games okay so if they just lose to the teams that here in preseason we think are probably better than them that's alabama oklahoma oklahoma state and baylor that's four losses right there you've got 8 and 4 boom you win your under
1: yeah, and and they got to – looking at their schedule. So, I think – let's just run through it real quick. So, you got ULM coming in oh, week one. That, that's a win, regardless. Yep, ULM's not that's a, a win. Team.
2: And they'll probably win that one by 50, and everybody will be like, yeah. oh, my God, look, Texas is back.
1: Yeah, and then Alabama comes to town, and it's probably going to beat them by 50.
2: And it's probably going to beat them by 50, and it's going to be a hilarious – day because the best part about the best part about this game to me is I think they're going to get they're just going to get waxed off the field it's at Texas so it's going to happen on their home field and the game's at 11 a.m. so that means if this game started at (laughs) 7 ends at 10 you only get about three hours of prime slander time this is going to be an all day Texas slander fest if they get blown out by Alabama
1: because that game's at 11 a.m. Well, I mean, they—they they are going to get blown up by Alabama, and whether it's thirty-five to seven or fifty to fourteen or whatever the case may be, it's going to be a lopsided win for for Alabama. And, and
2: all day long on Twitter, yeah. it's just going to be people making fun of Texas.
1: Oh, and there's going to be so SEC. many
2: welcome to the SEC jokes. Oh, god! So many welcome to the SEC jokes.
1: And then reeling from what we presume is an Alabama lopsided victory, um, Texas taking that loss is going to have to take in a, a game by UTSA. Now they need to watch out. This game could go awry for the Longhorns. No, I it think it will. I love but-
2: I love UTSA and I love Jeff Trailer. But let's no, <laughs> T- not even Texas could lose this Good. game. No. Yeah, I mean, only way... Extreme, like- you're talking about two completely different levels of athlete that will be on the field. I love... Again, there's no shade at UTSA. But UTSA couldn't even go undefeated last year against a Sunbelt schedule. Well,
1: they're in a the Conference USA, but yes.
2: What well, is? I didn't even know Conference USA still existed.
1: Well, ba- it barely does. I mean, they're leaving the Conference USA, but... <laughs> Why wouldn't he want to be in the fun belt? But anyway,
2: I, mean, I, I don't think there's any no, chance Texas wins this be. game. Uh,
1: so then, after that, let's say that you know, let's we'll both agree that they'll they're going to win of, that game. Yeah, but I'm saying, let's say they win that game. Let's say they win it by single digits or a couple scores. You know, ten point win, seven point win. That that's still that's as good as a loss, I think, for the morale.
2: I think they win that game like 41-14.
1: Okay, then you have to travel to Lubbock.
2: Neither of us, it's it's fun to do now, but neither of us picked Texas Tech winning this game. No, <laughs> earlier a couple of weeks ago, neither we of us picked Texas Tech to win this game. We can't pick them to win it now. Texas Texas will beat Tech.
1: Oh no! After uh, uh, I'm going to amend my my. Tech. I think Tech is going like two and ten. <laughs> all I mean, right I mean, fair enough prediction. so you've got
2: you've got you've got tech losing this tech, game to texas
1: yes which okay. i had him losing before like you said so um i think they i think that in the before the injuries and things like that and it still could go this way i was thinking like this is going to be like a classic big 12 offensive shootout type game just knowing how zach Keatley likes to run his offense in texas tech and how Stark runs his offense, and at the time, thinking all the weapons that they would have, even with their offensive struggles, you're gonna, I think they would, they're gonna play a type of offense to like score a bunch of points. And with the, like you said, like with Bijan, Worthy, and yeah, like the this, time could there, be- you thought, well, they're gonna be able to, they're gonna score a lot of points. Tech's gonna score a lot of points.
2: You could convince me that this game is 63 to 45, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah. that sounds right.
1: And that's what I thought it was going into. Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, I think Texas offense is still going to be good, even with Xavier really Worthy is still Worthy. really
2: good.
0: Yeah. Very <laughs> just good.
2: because he's going to, just because he loses his, his running mate on the field,
1: he's still going to get it's, his. The problem I have is the offensive line. And I think that could be the biggest problem is losing the linemen. Yeah, that could be, but they're still going to score. So, But then again, Texas defense isn't great. Their defense in front anyway. Um, so, yeah, this could still be a high-scoring game. I think it'll still be a high-scoring game, but Texas come out on top.
2: Then you've got West Virginia. I think Texas wins yeah. this game, too. It's at home. Yeah. So, you've got a 4-1. and one, Now you've got 4-1 Texas going
1: into the Red River. So... Last week, I said Texas wins this game. That was my prediction.
2: Um, I said Oklahoma would win it. I'm
1: going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Texas winning this game. And Man, it's you're, more you're go, making it tougher to get to your under bet now. I know. the More so – oh, no, there's upsets coming. Um, I, 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 think, I think
2: I know where your upsets at, but yeah, go on.
1: I think that – I think it's just the – with everything going at Oklahoma – and the first year coach and all that stuff, and different players, most of their best players, you know, everything I talked about last week still applies. And I'm, this may just be like a closer game. I'm still going to lean towards Texas as finally getting another uh, Red River win. Okay. I'm
2: going to take Oklahoma to win it.
1: Okay. Next, we have um, Iowa State. Still
2: no off week, too.
1: Yeah. Um, Iowa State, I'm going to we'll let you go first. I want. To, what do you think about this game?
2: I, I, I take Texas to win this one just because it's at DKR. If it were in Ames, I would take Iowa State.
1: Okay, yeah, and I think Iowa State is, I don't know. I think they'll be a very tough team. I don't know if they're going to be up to the point to where they're competing at the top of the league just I yet. think Iowa
2: state will be just as so, good as they were last year.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So, yeah. So I think let's say Texas, cause home game, I would, you know, I like your reasoning. So I'm gonna go with that as well. Yep. Texas over Iowa state. And that's going to be,
2: and i uh, to me again, I think that's going to be like a three point game.
1: Yeah. I mean that they're going to, Iowa state's going to play their, their game and they're going to, you know, Ugly up the game, I think. And then um, but I think Texas comes out on top. But, yeah, could absolutely see it being like a three-point game.
2: Yep. Then
1: it gets tougher. Yes. So then they have to go to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State, one of pretty much across the board, everyone thinks one of the best teams in the conference. And um, that's a tough place to play for anybody. And this is whenever you got a Texas not is gonna drop a game, drop another game would be if I'm thinking the way I am, it's Oklahoma State is gonna come out on top. And this is only their second true road game of the year.
2: So they're gonna, when they go into tech, tech will be packed. It will be a devastating environment for them in week four in Lubbock, but it's gonna be the same thing at Oklahoma State. They are going. They are going to be packed. Those fans. It's going to be just like McLean last year. They didn't get to. They didn't get to play. Uh, and see Texas in these cities last year. We let Texas have it because of the, the the announcement. This is the first time they're playing in Lubbock and in and in Mood Pickens. Um, since the announcement that they're moving to the SEC, so I think the road environment in this one is going to be very very bad for Texas. So yes, Oklahoma State's going to win this one.
1: All right. So next. They are on the road again. And they go to an Kansas off week, State. they finally get their off week. Okay, they finally get their off week, so they got a week after Oklahoma State. They got a week off. Then they travel to Manhattan, Kansas, to take on Kansas State. Um, this was my upset that I was alluding to earlier. I think Kansas State's going to beat them.
2: I agree with you. I think Kansas State wins this game as well.
1: Okay, so after that um, – They welcome in our friends. Ninety miles up from the road from Baylor, TCU. Um, and I think I'm. I think Texas is going to win this game. Because I I I do too. Gary Patterson
2: is not going to let Texas lose this game.
1: Yeah. So I think also the kind of the same things apply that I used for Oklahoma for TCU. You know, new system, new coach. You know, a lot of players left new faces all that goes in you know new culture you know without you don't have that patterson who was there for so many years to kind of establish that and built that program now you got a new voice in the room just a little bit different i just think it's going to be a, a texas win eh,
2: don't disagree with you at all
1: what's the next game joe
2: Probably the toughest one on Texas's schedule. I know they've got Alabama week two. I know they go on the road to play Oklahoma State. I know they've got Oklahoma he did, and Red River heated
1: rivalry here. This is a big game, the,
2: the hottest rivalry in college sports right now. Uh, they go to Lawrence, Kansas, to play the Kansas Jayhawks. Hmm.
1: Huh. So, all jokes aside, I think. Texas wins this game. I think Texas Everything wins this game said, by a lot. <laughs> this is – I mean, they've heard the jokes. Everyone heard the jokes. So, I don't think they're even going to look past this game, even though it is Kansas, who by this point in the season, they aren't going to be good. I, we, I think we could both say they may be better than no conference wins or one conference win or a few wins a season, or at least look better, you know, like actually feel like you're playing a football team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're, they're still – a ways to go yeah There uh, still is a ways think, to go i think texas just because of the the loss last year and their previous loss you know kind of the 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 texas jokes about kansas they are not going to look over them regardless of their schedule just to not you don't want to have it happen again
2: no i don't think it will i think they will be very i think they will be up for this game
1: And then they wrap up the year Friday after Thanksgiving at home against your Baylor bears against my Baylor bears. And I have this down as a big O L for the longhorns.
2: I have this as a W for the longhorns. Dun, 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 (laughs) um, there's a thing about, we, we beat them more often than we beat Oklahoma but we don't regularly beat them in Austin. Um, And even last year, that game was great, but we didn't really dominate it. And it was a game for pretty much the entire game. This is on the road. Um, It's the last game of the year. I think both of these teams could be in contention at that point for um, a spot in the conference championship game. I've only given Texas three losses up to this point. I had them losing two um, or no, I've already given them four. Sorry. This is, this is, I think I just don't see them only winning seven. And I I think they're going to lose the four that I picked earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. And even if they've picked up one of those and they're like, let's say they're, you know, nine and two at this point or eight and three looking to go nine and three, man, I think they're going to be fired up for it. It's on black Friday. Um, So I just think, uh, I think Texas wins this game.
1: Yeah, I think I think Baylor wins. And we'll talk more about Baylor next week. When we're, we're going to do the same thing, maybe a little more in depth. But
2: yeah, everybody's going to be mad um, at me.
1: Um, so I think Baylor wins this game just because I just I just don't have a lot of I, I'm I'm high on Baylor, and like I said, we'll get more into that next week. And I just think. By this point of the season, it'll be you know. I think they'd just be a better team, so regardless, and all those things that you said are accurate. I just feel like Baylor's going to come out on top once again. Um,
2: I, it, it won't surprise me if it happens. It's just i I'm, I'm just picking it that way. But yeah, so I've got an eight and four Longhorn team,
1: and um, I got um, I believe I got eight and four as well. That's my fourth loss. So, so yeah, that's my under, those are my, uh, the four losses now things that something else I heard about Texas, Texas camp is their five-star quarterback. They had a scrimmage on Saturday as well. Uh, he ain't looking great. And people are really talking about like when Hudson card may start the season as the starter. And I don't know if that could be a worse thing for Texas than that.
2: I don't know. I think it's all kind of bull honky. Um, you do? Yeah, I, th- I think were just going to start.
1: The the things I've heard about Ewers is, I mean, you forget, he hasn't played football since his junior year of high school.
2: Correct. I think he's, what, now two years removed from playing football because he spent all yeah. of last season at Ohio State.
1: He reclassified to go to Ohio State his what would be his senior year, and he redshirted. I don't know if he – he may have thrown two passes or, or something like that in like, blowouts. I don't even know if he did that. I mean, he may have gotten some, like, mop-up junk time, um, but he didn't really, I wouldn't really call that playing football, and then so, so he skipped his senior year, last year was at Ohio State, transferred to Texas, so yeah, he's like full, a full-on like two years removed, or two seasons removed from playing any meaningful snaps uh, against live competition, and yeah, but there's they're, there's at, guys that come in every
2: year that are juniors or redshirt sure. sophomores all the time they are two years removed.
1: Sure, it's not um, that crazy. My thing about it is, from people who, are knew him in high school, is that his offense was like predetermined reads and that type, and they're not sure, they're not quite confident he can be right now. I mean, not that he that he's that he he and he may be developed into a much better quarterback, but without having that those that playing time, I don't know if you can develop that type of skill set of being able to make those reads and make those throws. But again, this is just speculation.
2: Don't get me wrong, I, I would love know, to hear that Hudson Card is their starting quarterback. That would make me I very know,
1: happy. Hudson Card has seen, you know, playing time. He I think he started against Arkansas? Or he started the season last year as a starter.
2: Yes, he was a starter last year until until, uh, until the Arkansas game when Casey Thompson took over.
1: And Casey Thompson no longer there. He's Nebraska, I believe?
2: Yes, Nebraska, no. Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska, Nebraska. starting quarterback.
1: So, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, that's, again, these are just people, you know, reports from people who are watching practice or seeing the scrimmage, so you take it with, with a grain of salt. We don't know how accurate that is, and but that would be amazing if that was true,
2: yeah, would that turn him into Tate Martel too? Because <laughs> you've got Arch coming in behind him. yeah, so if if he
1: doesn't win the starting job this year? Well, because that yeah, because the the talk out of like Longhorn Twitter was like with when after the Arch Manning commitment. When you know that announcement was made and all that, it was like, well, he'll just go to the NFL and then Arch will sit a year, and then years will go to the NFL after his junior year, I think his junior year. Um, and then one year red shirting and Arch will step in to be the starter. I was like, Is that we were sure about that? And then now after what kind of like these reports about yours in the scrimmage. I don't know. He may have you may he you may be right. He may be Tate Martell, Arch, but then I have questions about Arch Manning as well. So I don't know how good a quarterback he is either. So I mean we'll both just... of
2: them both of them were perfect recruits, uh, according to like their two four seven. So they were true. They're both the exact same rating as Vince Young was the highest rated recruits of all time. So I just think I just I don't think people miss that bad. Like even if they're not the greatest quarterbacks of all time, they're still gonna be pretty good. <laughs> No matter yeah, what, in my opinion.
1: The only thing with Arch Manning, I will say this, is that he plays in a, a very sm- a small private school in New Orleans. And maybe the talent that he plays like in their district play isn't great. And then when he gets to, obviously not win, this is what happened, he got to the playoffs and he was horrible. And just well, The other part worked.
2: of that is he's playing at a small private school in New Orleans, which means he's also playing with kids that are not what he'll be experiencing when he gets to college
1: true but like his offensive in,
2: line isn't going to be what isn't going to be what he's going to have at texas his skill position true. players aren't going to be the
1: same either. true but someone i was reading some recruiter said if or you know recruiting analyst he was like if his name wasn't manning he'd be a three-star recruit
2: i've seen that too i think that's i think it's that I, that's a bit hyperbolic do i think I think it's reasonable to say that he probably wouldn't be as high rated if he wasn't a Manning. I'll buy that. But you don't get to be rated that high without being good. So I, I think he probably still would have been a five-star if he wasn't a Manning. He just might not be 1,000 rated. He might be a 94.
1: The other red flag is he didn't compete like Elite 11 or any of these other quarterback competitions. He doesn't have so, to
2: though. Again, like that's that's he the doesn't benefit have to. absolutely right.
1: Game. He's a benefit of being who he I'm is, mad. where he's gonna get that he has that five star and he's committed to Texas. There's nothing he doesn't doesn't gain anything. All all he can do is lose yeah, it's like throwing at the combine. You
2: don't you don't you only throw at the combine if you're trying to impress somebody. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not like being a A three-star, maybe borderline four-star quarterback, and you know you're better. If you want to go out there and show everyone, all these like, you know, rivals and scout one of these other uh, websites to get your bump up your rating because you know you can what you can do. He had nothing to gain, so I understand that point of view. It just it it's something to watch out for. It's
2: fair. It'll be interesting. Lots of question marks at Texas. Um, but Matt and I both got the under on them. Um, I think, I think they're probably on the upswing though. I think in a couple of years, they're going to be pretty good. It's just not this year. Not quite yet.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so that is Texas next week. We will do our Baylor preseason preview and, and, talk all things Baylor and go through, do the same kind of spiel, and probably spend a little bit more time because I'm sure we have a little bit more information and idea of what we think Baylor's going to be. But And then that leads us into, like, week zero. And then, uh, you know, then then we're off and running. It's going to be a party. So, Joe, you – didn't watch Prey last week when I, I'd kind of watched it. We talked about things that we're watching. Uh, I believe you got a chance to watch that film. What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I watched it right before we recorded tonight. Um, I liked it a lot. It was it was it was a very good movie. It was probably the one of the better Predator movies that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, overall, um, I thought it was super cool. Um, very interesting and a fun little Easter egg at the end, even.
1: Yes. And I I think what I like, one thing I like about it, because like I, I kinda texted you is like it's a it's an easy watch, right? Yeah. You know, it's a 90 minute, maybe, you know, like you said, it was like hour and forty, like right at hour and forty.
2: It was, yeah, um, it was it was probably about one thirty-five once you take out the credits and the opening stuff. Yeah. Like
1: so, and I more movies I think should go this way (laughs) go this route of like you know we're gonna be like a 90 minute film which is gonna be we're gonna be a fun film we're gonna be good we're gonna put everything we we need to do but we don't have to be two hours two and a half hours or more
2: they Um, did such a good job like exactly what you're talking about they they cut out the fluff there's not you know so for those of you who don't know like prey is and and i'll say spoilers for prey um, yeah, so you turn it off if you're really that worried about spoilers and pray. But it's it's based uh, in the 1700s, thing like 1718, um, Great Plains of Northern America, um, and I uh, I love that they they showed the Comanche camp a couple of times, and there was a couple of scenes there, but there wasn't some long exposition into the hierarchy there or who the different people that were there. It was just focused on the main character. And then she ends up in like a French trapper camp. They didn't go into a whole, whole ordeal there, wasting 20, 30 minutes talking about that. Um, all of the set pieces, I think they moved very quickly through them. Uh, the movie was very linear, but it worked. Yeah. It didn't. It never lost my attention.
1: Right. And they do a great job of, the first 30 minutes are really just, Character building because you're just following your protagonist.
2: Yeah, but she's always as, doing
1: something. Yeah, as she's doing something. Yeah, but I mean, you you get to see like okay, um, you understand the relationship she has with her brother. You understand the relationship she has with her 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 dog. You know that kind of like the dynamic of the their dynamics. tribe. Yes, you understand the dynamics. You get all this information, but it's not done in it's not heavy exposition way. Yeah, they're showing you and telling you without being you know, there's no like voiceover or anything that would be like any other trope with, uh, with filmmaking. And you get all the information you need and you don't feel like you're being just flooded with information without.
2: And it, and it has a, an overall theme that runs from beginning to end. And that is never underestimate any foe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a whole part about whatever she wants to go out and you know, become a hunter, and he, you know, the brother says, you want to hunt something that's hunting you, and it kind of sets the stage of what the Predator films are about, about, you know, humans hunting a creature that is, that is also hunting them, so that's what the first one was about, and it got to go back to that, you know, other Predator films have maybe tried to be too big of films, and this kind of goes back to like the, the first Predator film where it's just a group of people. This, this happens to be, a, you know, this Comanche tribe in the woods fighting a Predator.
2: Right. And I, I loved that there was a progression system here. The Predator worked his way up. So he's, the first thing you see him kill is a rattlesnake. Uh, the second thing you th- see him kill is a wolf. Then he kills a bear. And then he starts killing people. And so it's this kind of like progression of bigger, stronger, badder predators working his way up to the most dangerous prey, which is humans.
1: Yeah. Also that that he has there's a reason behind. It. He has a code, so to speak, because there, there's a part in the movie where she's in a uh, like beaver trap or bear trap, and he walks up to her and grabs a chain and then leaves because she's not she's a no threat longer at that a threat. Point. She's not a threat. And so, because he hunts other I mean other predators, basically, Hence just well yeah, it's, like... it's
2: it's searching for the biggest, baddest thing they can fight to basically prove themselves yeah. that 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 they are stronger than anything on a given planet
1: so but I uh, no, I like the performances the the lead actress, um she did a great job. I've never seen her anything before, but um, she did a great job, and I would like to go back to this tribe and this uh, world that they've, uh, they've built with, with this film.
2: So that's an interesting thought because they have set
1: it up for that. Yes.
2: So did you notice the Easter egg at the very yeah. end? Yeah,
1: so the uh, the gun, the handgun, uh, that's the same one from Predator 2, right?
2: Yes, so the end of yes, Predator 2... Yeah. Danny Glover faces off with a Predator, if I remember right, on a Predator spaceship, yes. and kills it, wins the, wins the one-on-one battle. After that happens, suddenly, like, ten Predators appear around him, turning off their cloaking devices that have been basically standing there watching him battle this Predator. And he kind of assumes they're going to kill him, and then they all just start walking away, as if to say, like, all right, cool. You beat our guy. Way to go. You win. And then I guess the chief of the group, the chief predator, the boss yeah. walks up to him and hands him a flintlock pistol and turns and walk away. It's, it's basically like, here's your trophy for, for killing our guy. Um, and he looks at it and it's the exact same pistol that this, uh, the main character of prey finds off of, uh, or is one given by one of the French trappers. Yeah. Um, and so she hands it to the chief of her tribe. So somehow this gun that is now in the possession of the Comanche Indians at the very end of um, Prey is going to end up back in the hands of a predator.
1: Yeah, and I like the, um, the different callbacks they had to the... Um, f- first I moment.
2: so thought... So there's a point in this movie at the very beginning when she ends up... Um, in kind of like the nest of the predator and it's in a bog and she falls in. It's kind of like quicksand and she has to get herself out. I assumed that we were going to get a callback to the first movie when Arnold is covered with mud and the predator can't see him, that she was going to have fallen into this bog and then he was going to show up then when she was all covered in mud, but that didn't happen.
1: Yeah. um, They, I like that the, the callback. like the brother says, you know, if it bleeds, we can kill it, of course. Yep.
2: Yeah, of course, that's that's a callback as well.
1: And then um, at the end, you know, she's like, come on, do it. And that's kind of the same thing that Arnold Schwarzenegger says to the Predator as well. Trying to kind of doing the same kind of like
2: way. I have, to se- have set a trap for you and I yes. need you to run it. But this time, unlike in the first Predator movie, the Predator there does not fall for it. This Predator does.
1: Yes. So. But yeah, and I I was just, I really liked the film. It was really good.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I would watch it again.
1: I understand why they why they released it only on Hulu because uh, the last Predator, the Predator, I think, was the last film they made, uh, wasn't good and wasn't received well. And I can understand, like, well, we're not going to put this in theater because no one's going to really come and see it because we haven't given them reason to really have faith in this franchise since
2: the 80s and well and now it's hyped like the next thing they release people will go see yes
1: that's what I was getting and at I, I think if I'm they do lie. a sequel it's going to be in the theaters
2: I, I love going in the movie theater I go to the movie theater a ton I absolutely love it but yeah, I also I have a very cool media room at my house and this movie looked stellar in 4k like it, it looked really really good
1: And I'm kind of the same way with watching films from home. I have a very large television. There's also a 4K television. And with being a a dad and having kids and responsibilities, you can't always break away and go to every movie on every, every that comes out that you want to see. It's nice sometimes like, oh, it's, I can stream this right now. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we did last, last Saturday. I just come out. I was like, me and my daughter, my thirteen year old, we sat down and watched watched pray with my wife. And it was it was good to be able to just like, okay, we're gonna put it on and watch it and not have to be an event and also not have to spend the money that it takes taking a family to a movie, but to sit there and be able to just to turn it on and watch it from the convenience of your home.
2: Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love my media room.
1: So is there anything else? That's you're watching right now.
2: Anything I, I that, watched, nope? I watched my Tottenham boys pull out a draw out of nowhere at Chelsea this morning. Um, so uh, come on, you Spurs, let's go.
1: I'm glad, I'm glad you brought this up. What was going on with the handshake? So they had gotten
2: into it earlier, and so yes, yeah, so uh, so uh, I think his name, first name's Thomas, his last name's Tuchel, but yeah, Thomas Tuchel is the manager for Chelsea and Antonio Conte is the manager for Spurs. So there's already some bad blood there because Conte used to be the manager of Chelsea many years ago, uh, won the Premier League and an FA Cup there with them. Um, but they're, uh, they did not end their uh, relationship amicably. Um, but in today's game, there were some plays you could questionably say were dirty on the Tottenham side. Um, and maybe a couple of missed calls that went in Tottenham's fazor, favor or some um, non-stoppages of play where a referee was a guy, acknowledged that was bad, I'll deal with it later, instead of stopping the play um, in the middle of some good things happening for Tottenham. And um, there was there was also some celebrations that happened by both coaches um, in each other's like technical areas, as you would say, like in the boxes where the managers stand. Um, and so that all boiled over at the end of the game, um, where uh, Tuchel, when he shook Conte's hand, did not let go and kind of jerked him around and um, yeah. started screaming in his face. They got into it, had to be separated and were both red carded, ejected from the game after, after it was ended. So, um, it's a rivalry and it's, it's fun when those things happen. It was, it was similar to when you see two college football coaches get into it at the, uh, the midfield, um, handshake after the game's over.
1: It's always fun. It's always a good time. So I am going to wrap up. I think the finale of Westworld is tonight. So I'll wrap that up. And then I'm off uh, next week is uh, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. So I'm psyched about that I'm getting geared up. I saw there had like 3D billboard or something in New York and it was looked cool. So
2: Kinda I'm helps, uh,
1: bad. I'm excited. I'm excited, not,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm excited like I am excited to watch it but I just more hope it's not bad.
1: I'm just back in it like they got me and I'm back in it like I'm in the world like not as much so far like I was like deep in Game of Thrones like listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and channels and so I haven't been I'm not that much into it as as I was in the height of Game of Thrones but I am getting working my way back into it where I'm excited to go back into the world and it's probably the the of the shows coming out in quick succession this uh, next couple of months it's probably the thing I'm most excited to see just because it was I was so big into the previous show and uh, I just wanted, it to, be so, so I just wanted it to be good so bad
2: I just want to be good so bad I feel uh, the yeah, same way but I, I, I just I'm not I'm not hoping too much
1: so that's all I got. Uh, that's all really of all. I'm looking forward to House of the Dragon. Got to watch um, Baylor, former Baylor players in NFL do very well. Um, Tycoon had uh, scored the first touchdown for the Patriots uh, earlier in the week. I think Thursday they played. You had Terrell Bernard. got a scooping score for the Bills. Uh, Tristan Ebner. Tristan Ebner had a touchdown for the for the Bears. And then uh, Petrie went out there, didn't play too much, but played a few series and did very well, had a tackle for a loss, four tackles. And and then um Abram Smith played also. And he had, he was a leading rusher for the for the Saints in, in their game. So
2: he did fumble that, though on the he goal.
1: He did fumble. That was that was rough. I was watching that and I was like, no.
2: Yeah, I thought he was going to go in. I was excited. I was expecting him to go in first
0: four.
1: Yeah, I was, but I think I still think he's probably the their their best of the 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 third the third back. He's probably the best one that I saw in the first game. But we'll have to see how the the rest of the preseason games shake out. But right now, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about him making the team. And then during the game, I thought, you know what, I think the Saints are going to stash him because he wasn't he didn't play a lot. Right. Yeah,
2: I wouldn't be surprised if he at least makes the practice squad.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying like they're going to stash him on the practice squad. And because I was like, "Why well, are you he's not getting any looks. How can you really make any determination about him?" And then it kind of gone to me like they're probably just going to wait and put him on the practice squad and and develop him and for for next season or for the future, so but anyway, I thought that everyone played good, and um, it was fun to see those guys play.
2: It was, and we also got to see Graylon Arnold play last night.
1: Yes. He's also in the Texans. Yes, he on Texans, yes. And um, I'm trying to think. There, there's quite a few uh, former Bears, especially during that, the rural Aranda era, that are that are still kicking in a NFL. You have uh, Clay Johnson with the Bengals. And he was their leading tackler during their um, preseason game. And um, who else we got out there? Oh, Kalen Barnes with the uh, Panthers playing for, again playing for Matt Rule. So they're all doing pretty well. I mean, they all from what I read, I try to go and see what they're doing in camp, and they all seem you're to be. You're forgetting doing about pretty good.
2: Uh, you're forgetting about our our last unanimous All American prior prior to Petrie. I am. James Lynch in Minnesota? Oh, James Lynch.
1: Yes. Aren't both Lynch's in Minnesota? They played tonight.
2: Uh, Blake
1: Lynch or may they, still be there, yeah. They played this this afternoon, I believe. And all I took away from that game was, like, Kellen Mond is a horrible quarterback.
2: He might. He I mean, yeah, no, no, he's
1: not good. <laughs> he's not a good quarterback.
2: He
1: was supposed and, to be a Baylor quarterback. Yeah. If everything had went according to plan and let's say art Browse wasn't himself and he stayed with baylor and he had all these recruits come in he may have been a fine college quarterback much better probably than he that he ended up being at texas a&m just based on the system that he probably would have been the same as the nfl quarterback though i just don't know if his uh, skill sets there to be a successful nfl quarterback in really any shape like i wouldn't trust him in my backup quarterback based on what i saw today
2: yeah i wouldn't either
1: i mean there are there are plenty of quarterbacks that i watch play that i would say well yeah they're gonna be they can hold down the fort until your starter comes back but then there are some they're like there's he shouldn't be in the league what are we doing here because i know there are better quarterbacks than these guys that deserve shots But alas, there it was. (laughs) All right, Joe, that's all I have. It's uh, recorded late, coming up on 11 p.m., so it's past 11 p.m. now. So do you have anything else, anything, any parting words for the people?
2: Just survive one more week. I promise it'll be okay, and then we have college football.
1: And where can people find you if they want to check out your work or your tweets or you
2: can find me on twitter at the underscore joe underscore goodman you can poke around on ourdailybears.com uh, i do throw stuff up there from time to time uh, you can also check out kce kce in central texas where i was uh recently interviewed talking about uh, nil for a quick little segment that they did there around the waco, waco nil club which was super cool um
1: how'd that go how'd that go by the way
2: it went it went really well so they used Good they used some uh, they had a uh, they had a little story that popped up on uh, on the 10 p.m. news segment. I want to say on Thursday night, um, where I was on uh, with you know, a handful of, of quick little blurbs that they they took from the interview that I did. Um, everything perfectly in context, and uh, and then there was also like a quick write up that had a, a couple of quotes from me as well.
1: Good note Well, you can find me. At Matt underscore Workman, or you can find the podcast at the Bear Den, and I think the Bear Den Pod actually. Yeah, and then, um, and then if you still going, we're still collecting any kind of questions covering anything you really want to, and uh, you can just put the hashtag Ask TBD, and we will accumulate those, and then maybe have q and A uh, Q&A podcast later on in the season. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. Um, well, Joe, uh, as always, uh, we are almost around the corner to football season. And until next week, we talk all about your Baylor Bears. Sick and Bears. Sick and Bears, Matt.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network